hey guys uh today this podcast is about ghost writing i had a lot of fun doing it um i know there's been a lot going on in the hip-hop community i'm happy to be back you know sharing my voice on a solo cast go check out my uh, my friend louis rune he has some new music out with his brother julio shout out to ima um there's gonna be some links in the description below anyway i just want to say thank you guys um yeah let's get on with it Hello, hello, welcome to the Chase Talks Hip Hop Podcast, and before I get into the main subject of the podcast, which is ghostwriting, I want to take a few minutes just to to let you guys know why I uh, took so much time from putting out solo podcasts, and a big reason was just because I felt uninspired, you know, to, to be completely honest, I didn't want to be doing some flavor of the week kind of shit, I really wanted to talk about subjects I, I really feel passionate about and um with everything going on you know i feel like i have um a really good docket this coming week um these next few months actually i got some good guests uh people i know like majin malik recently put out a project um we've uh, been working together uh friends for a long time uh people i know from salem like young dalians people i recently worked with uh tacoma like like people close to me like um mubarak so you're going to be getting that and then I'm going to be talking to people out, outside of the West Coast, you know, people in the East, New Jersey. I'm probably going to reconnect with Stevie Franks, probably another podcast with Abba St. George, a lot of people. Um, and, you know, I'm really doing my best to develop. I'm planning on getting some bigger names within the year. The goal is um, to, to get some bigger names by uh, 2021. And that's the idea. But um, I'm not really tripping on it because, you know, for me, this podcast is all about having fun. And as cliche as that sounds or whatever, I really want to create something that you guys like to listen to. Like I'm a hip-hop head, first and foremost, and so much of one, you know, I've been uh, working on my debut album, and um, just just a few things too, just a few announcements. So the album Heart will be out October 22nd. I have uh, another single dropping soon. I have a little uh, EP, like more of a playlist dropping on my SoundCloud, I want to say around uh, the 12th. Um, Aries Demo also has a beat tape coming, producer of mine. Um, go check that out. It's, it's going to be out, I want to say, early October. You know, so, so there's a lot of music in the works that I've been involved in. I've uh, had the chance like to be around. I'm releasing a lot. Um, 2021 is going to be a big year, too. I have a lot planned. Um, but as far as the podcast and stuff, yeah, the solo cast, it, it's been tough because I haven't really felt so passionate about too much i mean like for me when i got passionate about like certain things going on it made me more so want to write about it and uh kind of address it through there whether if it was um like on the album you know i'm, I'm gonna touch on like how i feel about um like you know white artists certain white artists you know who who really don't appreciate the the craft of hip-hop you know who kind of come in i'm not dissing not really it's not a diss record or anything but um it's more so like me just kind of airing out how I feel about people who, you know, don't really appreciate, like, what what really goes into this shit. Um, so it's really beautiful. I love the music, and um, I love the craft, and um, I'm just addressing, you know, even, even Joe Budden was talking about it. Like, a lot of these record labels are so whitewashed that they, they think they have a, a good grip um, on reality and what the people want, but in reality, they don't. They're just going with whatever is maybe marketable to somebody and i don't really think that's a good way to run a business especially a creative business or anything with the artistic endeavor attached to it now um 
you know, I, I do address a lot, a lot of things. It is a, also a concept album of sorts. It's a bit of a sequel to my, my older mixtape, The Misadventures and Mr. Misunderstood. Kind of a sequel in the sense of like, it's it, it picks up where I left off from there, but it's new music, it's really refined. And uh, you know, that was a really dark project. So I did visit those elements, but I feel like, like this project is definitely like, the mix of, of who I am, you get a full scope, sort of like the Cortisol mixtape, you got a really good scope of who I was on that, you know, like I was a very versatile project, you know, and I felt like it had some good cohesion with the, with the other theme I, I flushed out for it, you know, because of the stress I was going through at the time, but um, this album means a lot to me. I got features from Mark Battles, Triz, um, my girlfriend Sky Robinson, you know, I got features from Majin Malik, you know, we got the Vegito project coming. Um, like, like I said, like this is big to me, and I'm planning on. I got some other names, got some other records in the works. You know that you're gonna have that you're gonna be really surprised. You know, you're gonna be really surprised that I'm working with these people, but uh, you won't be at the same time because it's like I've really been picking and choosing, and like it's really been a gradual move as far as working with people for me, as far as whether it's been underground artists more so, and then just peeling up. Like, like I've really had to go from ground zero to like like really getting somewhere and um yeah just i, I i'm not gonna say too much but th there's definitely gonna be some big records too on a, another project dropping next year for volume two um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say too much about that project but it's a sequel i was gonna make heart a double album but it felt like too much but um these records are gonna be different it's gonna be a different sound so i'm recruiting some different people um yeah, you guys are just going to be surprised. There's a lot of shit going down. But um, this podcast, too, you know, when I tackle certain subjects, like, um, like for instance, like Megan Thee Stallion, her getting shot, I, I, I didn't want to talk about it because I really didn't know, like, what, what can I say? Like, I'm not, I'm not in her shoes, you know? But um, with her coming out and speaking out about everything going on, you know, the shooting... Um, Tori, all, all that it really just puts in perspective. Like I do feel for her. I do. You have you have to feel for somebody like who, you know, gets hit with a fucking bullet, a projectile, by by another man, a woman, like no less. And then like you know she's getting bashed online, and it's like is this like the kind of it's like the kind of society we live in where, like it's it's a weakness. You know I think spe specifically in men, a lot of young men, like in people in general, but. You know, a lot of young men, I feel like we need to hold ourselves to a higher, like, standard than this shit because, you know, Tory, like, I'm, I'm gonna say it, like, I don't respect Tory Lanez. I never really fucked with his music too much. I thought Eric Bellinger put him in a casket with his records, but, um, that, that's just one thing how I felt, like, I, I like, like, Tory can rap. I respect him, like, you know, in, in a sense, like, he can rap a little bit. I can respect him in that sense a little bit as a songwriter, but as far as as a person, Everything that happened, like everything, I don't, I don't think I'm not gonna doubt Megan. Like, <laughs> I don't think she was lying. I don't think this woman had no reason to lie. Like, in her, in, in her um con confessional on on Instagram Live, everything just made sense. Like, when you really put two and two together, like it kind of makes sense. So I'm just saying, like people, you know, if, before you go and bash someone like we need to like really like look into this because don't get me wrong at first maybe i might have been skeptical i'm like whoa is she lying but but for me i couldn't jump right to that i really had to look at things from like a full scope but yeah, yeah it's, it's gonna be a tough road for tori it's gonna be tough like i 
I really, like, listen, at the end of the day, like, shooting a woman in the fucking feet, like, that's a different level of bitchness. Like, I'm gonna keep it 100%. Like, that's a different level of uh, bitchness entirely. That's so, that's so weak. Like, that's so fucking, like, that's, like, just, like, that Napoleon-esque, like, behavior. And I kind of would expect it from someone who's, like, five foot three. But... I'm just saying, it's like, this is the thing, like, with a lot of these rappers, they're so sensitive, they got these egos, they have to walk around with such a big fucking entourage to intimidate people. At the end of the day, I'm just gonna keep it as honest as I can. Listen, any man who puts a, a bullet in a woman's foot is a bitch. I'm being as honest as I can. If you're a man, grown man, if you <laughs> if you put a bullet in a woman's foot, like, or, like, you know, hit, hit a woman, it's like, you, you have to understand, like, you're a bitch. It's like, that's just how I feel about you. It's like, if you're going to go so far to aim a gun, cock it, and shoot a woman, like, premeditated, mind you, th this was premeditated as, and she got out of the vehicle, he looked at her, and he thought about it, and he then he pulled the gun and shot her. You can't tell me, like, like listen, like, if he does time, he does time. Like, but this is one of those instances where, you know, I got sisters. So I could imagine if someone shot one of my fucking sisters in their feet. So you gotta, you, like, people don't, it's, it, this is a perspective thing. Like, really, if you look at, like, the raw facts, like... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, this, it's a shit show. It for real is a shit show. But, um, at the end of the day, like, it's it's just a thing where you have to really, like, see, like, the silver lining out of it where I, th I think that this is revealing. You know, this is revealing as far as, like, for a lot of artists, like, you take away some... I think for a lot of artists, like, they're kind of starving for attention. And you really see, like, the kind of madness that can come out of, like, this, this time period, you know, where... I don't know. It's like it, to me, this, this seems like fucking hysteria, like some sort of like weird, weird sickness that has people going crazy. Artists, you know, specifically these famous artists, you know, they don't know what the fuck to do with themselves. They really don't know what the fuck to do with themselves, like because like when you're always surrounded by shit and always used to going places, like it's a good, it, it's a good way to distract your mind and shit. It's a good way to you can distract yourself with, with whatever fucking addiction or affliction. I'm just trying to give you the accurate depiction bars but listen this podcast is getting more entertaining because i had to take a break come back with some more ideas but um <laughs> overall though like listen i don't i don't fuck with toy lanes like that because he, he did fuck up you know he, he really did and he, he tainted his shit like same way i don't fuck with takashi but it's not like whatever like okay like takashi what he did whatever waka flaka said some shit okay i see what waka flaka means like that could justify what takashi did but that's one way of looking at it you know what I mean? Everybody has a different way of looking at it. I respect Waka Flocka, though, like, for speaking his mind, and I can see his perspective on that. But I don't fuck with Takashi, mainly not even because of the snitch shit. It's the pedophilia shit. It's because of the fact he was a pedophile, mainly. People don't want to talk about the fact that Takashi did some pedophilia shit, but he did. So, we, we have this, like, out in the... We have, like, this out in, out in this uh, atmosphere now, like... I'm really like like for instance when you like when you go and take take a listen to this project I'm not just dissing people I'm not hopsing I'm not just gonna be like saying names like on sag my pants just to diss people I fuck with so much music I love like what a lot of people are doing and I respect it but the the people I mentioned you know I mentioned them because like there's like this arrogance you know what I mean about them like you know fuck Yellow Wolf I think Yellow Wolf is fucking trash like musically I think he's a trash like hillbilly catfish motherfucker. And that's just how I feel, you know, because the fact of, like, what he did, like, about with that poet, that, that post towards Royce the 5'9", you know, talking about wolves and, and, like, a threatening Instagram message. Listen, 
listen, you're really like you're gonna like diss one of the most respected MCs in Detroit. All right, most respected MCs in in Detroit. The best friend of your boss, Eminem. The best friend, mind you, like Royce is a longtime friend of Eminem, and you're gonna threaten him, like on like a physical level, like oh we're gonna put hands on you. Okay, Yellow Wolf. All right. Well, lot lot of things about that I don't like because first off, like I want to remove whatever entourage he has. I want to remove because listen, I'm from Oregon. I know people have gone to his shows. I know he moved. He has entourages. Remove the entourage. I guarantee you, if you put Yellow Wolf and Royce to five nine in like a fucking ring, I think Royce is gonna fuck up Yellow Wolf, hands down. I think Royce would beat the shit out of Yellow Wolf, and like he'd be spitting up teeth. Because at the at the end of the day, like Yellow Wolf, I don't know if he wants black fans. Keeping it as honest as I can, I don't know if he wants black fans. All right, and you know, just saying, like I'm just saying, like not to diss him because I. I know there's some all right Yellow Wolf songs, like not to say like he has some all right shit off Trunk music, but I'm just saying like if you look at like what he does or how he moves and how you know everything Royce is, this is someone who was around him, mind you. Royce was around Yellow Wolf. So if anyone knows how he, how he is behind the scenes, it's gonna be him. So I'm gonna take Royce's word over Yellow Wolf's. I'm gonna take Royce's word because first off, it's like <laughs> I'm not surprised because it's like, listen. Hip hop, you know, has definitely like made like this, created this aura where where it feels like anyone can come in, and you have these people who they don't know what they want, but they think they know what they, but they think they know what you want out of them, and it's weird. Like with Little Dicky, I don't know if he knows what he wants. I don't know if he knows what he wants out of his career. Because at one point he wants to be taken seriously, and then he wants to be, you know, this comedian. He doesn't want to go by Lil Dick. He wants to go by his his government name now. Okay, cool. And throughout his whole entire career from the beginning, he was saying he was mainly using hip hop as a platform so he could get on television. Now everything about that, like when you really like look at it, like doesn't that that speak against like what a true MC wants to do? You know, like a lot of, like. I'm talking, I'm talking about like being an MC. Like, if you come into this like with a, a full love for the craft of hip hop, like you you don't have an exit plan, exit strategy immediately, right? He came in with this bitch with an exit strategy, because I feel like he wants to be associated with black culture, so we could have like that cool factor or whatever, or like that that added factor, you know that or that what is it? You know, in business marketing, they talk about what de- demographic outreach. Is that what it is? Because I, I think he likes being associated with hip-hop, but I don't think Little Dicky is hip-hop. And I don't think he wants to be hip-hop. And I think he's like one of these... I was in San Francisco. I saw a lot of these pretentious types. And he's from that area, like San Francisco, like tech-type area. It's kind of like... Gen, it, to me, it's gentrification of music because you're going to come in here, you know, making rap records. I'm not saying Little Dicky can't rap either. I'm not saying that. He can flow. He can flow, but for him to like say, "Oh, I need to be recognized like this and that," like as, but but you want to be a comedian. I'm confused. So I'm confused. So now you're going on sway in the morning, be like, "Call me Dave now." Okay though. Okay. Let me find that a little weird. No one finds that weird, and the show's not that good. No, not to diss. Like just saying, like I just listen. Like this isn't me hating. I I kind of like fuck. I thought Lil Dicky was funny when I first checked him out. You know, I saw, like, the... I was like you, too. I saw the ex-boyfriend record. I thought that shit was funny. But, like, if you, you really, like, look 
at what he's doing as a whole. I don't, I don't like it because it's like to me, it's it feels like derivative. You know what I mean? It feels very like derivative. You know, and it, it whitewashed. And I know he's white, whatever. And he, it's, it's just more so like the bad kind of whitewash where it's like it doesn't feel like it's out of this like oh he's being himself. It's like this is like purposely getting like water more so watered down, like to be fed to like. Um, white America And that's just it That's why I don't fuck With Lil Dicky like that That's why I don't fuck With like A lot of shit I don't fuck with A lot of music Like from these white artists Like to be completely honest Like There are like some Really dope uh, White rappers You know like I don't wanna say White rappers I feel like that's an insult But like rappers You know white dudes Who rap Let me say white dudes Who rap Like Marlon Craft I think Marlon Craft Is a fucking dope MC You know Evidence You know I, I think that there are plenty You know Of White MCs, LP, like who are who are dope and they like really care, you know. Even Eminem, Eminem, of course, you know a guy say Eminem because he's you know he's that guy. But Russ, it's like there are plenty of like to me like dudes who are like white, but they're just that that shit can kind of get looked over because they're dope MCs. Like no one is gonna talk about evidence because he's white. He's, they're gonna talk about him because he's dope. They're gonna t- and he's like done records with Joe Budden. You know, when people talk about 40, you know what 40 should be, you know, in the records he's done with Drake. You know, we don't call him a white producer. Like, he's a producer. He makes great beats. Like, so it, it really, like, I think, like, when you bring a talent or, like, when you bring that X factor to the game, okay, you're good. So when I see, like, Lil Dicky, like, trying to always, like, prove, oh, I'm one of the greatest, but also I'm funny and, like, this and that, and I'm comical. Listen, I'm all for humor. And I, I there are plenty of rappers who, who can mix, like, some satirical work with you know their their serious work and that's okay plenty of artists have done it but if you're really gonna like go so far make this show be so flip floppy like this that's where i get weird and um i don't know and that nick cannon i saw him on wildin out and um i didn't like the way he talked um to nick cannon i really it pissed me off i really kind of got irritated with like the level of condescension you know what i mean and like also bring this girlfriend there you shouldn't have done that like not like all the things that he did like if he thought ahead he would have knew that it would have been a bad idea but he brought his girlfriend and it's like it's kind of like dude you're a little dicky you're on wildin out this is a comedy like platform be funny but then he just goes and insults and says you guys are all if i was a little fatter if i was a little dumber and this is exactly what i don't want to be nick cannon i don't want to be like you because i want to be on a big network and you know i just listen I, at the end of the fucking day end of the fucking day and I know, like, this someday might be clipped to do a compilation. Like, how Chael Sonnen has his mannerisms and he says, Oh, what is it, what is it that, that Chael says? Um, uh, what is it? He says, Okay, uh, I don't know, something, whatever. Like, people, you know what I mean. Like, I don't, I know I have certain, like, mannerisms and shit that you can, like, take and probably put in a compilation. I get it. But, um, that's, that's how I feel. This is how I feel. This isn't me, like, I, I don't know Lil Dicky as a person. But I just, I, I just feel like, for me, like, it's just, the music isn't for me. Nothing, like, he really does is for me. Like, I'm not gonna go buy a Lil Dicky album. I'm not gonna go to a Lil Dicky show. And, to be honest, I'm probably not gonna be hanging out with people who are gonna go to a Lil Dicky show. I'm not gonna be hanging out with people who are gonna be bumping Lil Dicky. And that's okay. That is okay, because at the end of the day, like, I know who I am. I know who I am. And I hope you know who you are. And that, that's just the truth. But I want to get down to the real subject. I've already just blabbered for fucking 20 minutes about a bunch of shit. But ghostwriting. Recently, 
uh, a reference track for for uh, Travis Scott's Sicko Mode came out, and it was Sahai the Prince doing the second verse. And I think a lot of people were surprised at first, but for me, I you know again like I think like even on the Joe Budden podcast, I think Maul said no no Joe called Maul like a snob you know for saying like didn't everyone know this. But um, you know, I like I, I will I will say this like I didn't know how much Sci High was involved because I know with ghostwriting it can be iffy. Like sometimes people like who knows they might provide a line and they get a credit. You know they might provide X Y and Z. But um, with Sci High the Prince, I, it does kind of make sense because when you go and listen to that Travis Scott verse, you know Travis Scott is usually doing a lot of ad libs. But when that second verse comes on. You know, way too formal, you know I don't follow suit. Stacy Dash, most of these girls don't have a clue. That did, I'm not gonna lie, when I was sitting in the car, I'm like, man, like, this writing is really good. I'm not trying to take away from Travis. I like what he does. But it felt familiar. Because I've been listening to Sahai the Prince for years. I've been listening to him. Like, I'm a, I'm a Sahai the Prince fan. Let me say that. I've been listening to the Ivy League shit. Black history, everything he's been doing, like since he's been on the come up, and um, even the Royal, Royal Flush series was dope. But like Sahai works, we know he works. He's been involved. He's helped write for countless amounts of people, so it, it makes sense that he would have been involved in this project, considering to his connection to good music and Kanye. Um, you know, Travis and, and Sahai have worked together before on Cruel Summer, so they have a working relationship already. So for me, like into like. With Travis, I think, like, Travis is, like, an interesting case because it's, like, for certain people, like, I, I consider Travis, I'm not going to be, like, the, I'm not going to say I consider Travis a producer, but I don't consider, like, Travis, like, a rapper's rapper. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't consider him, like, like, I wasn't, I'm not too pissy about Drake having Ghost Riders either because, like, they're also doing, like, because he's doing R&B records. I feel like that's kind of like you know what I mean, like but like and it's it, but here's the the real thing, they can't exactly be in the conversation of oh I'm the greatest lyricist, but I don't think they're looking for that, you know I don't think Travis is looking for that either. I think he's making great music and that's what matters, but um the lyrics on it are great and like it, you know Sahai did a tribute and he listened did a tribute to it and you listen to Sicko Mode and it shows because. It's very just well written. Like it's a well written song and it keeps you engaged. And Sahai the Prince is a big reason because of that. And in an interview with DJ Vlad, he talked about uh, writing for, you know, helping write for Kanye West. And I, I think he has been behind the scenes on a lot of shit. It, to be incredibly frank, I think he has been because, you know, this Travis this Travis Scott album is just the tip of the iceberg. I bet. Like, this is the tip of the iceberg. This is just, this is shit he's credited for, mind you. And people were tripping on it. Like, a reference track leaked and people were tripping on it. So, like, listen, guys. Don't look at Travis and judge him like he's a worse artist for working with Sci High. I don't think he is. I think Travis, like, at the end of the day, like, he's not going to be the dude going on shady, um, no, shave 45 to, to rap like King Lois for 10 minutes. He's not. I'm just sorry, he's not. But Travis Scott is dope. He is fucking dope, and he makes awesome music. And Sahai the Prince is an MC's MC. Like let's like, like this speaks volumes for Sahai the Prince and like the level of like musicianship he is at. Because, like from listening to like the records he did, even up to the No Dope on Sundays. Like, sorry, you listen to like the Black History Project. What I love about that album is because like he's able to. It's a mixtape, but to me, it's a free album. But 
like really I would have bought that shit. It was so good because he ties in the Black History Month, you know, this Black History Month project concept about his uh, little nephew doing a, a project about him. I know I said that all fucked up, but he does it well. He has these interludes, the songs that they match up, and he's able to like have these boom bap records, you know, these soul samples. But he's able to mix it up and have a record like guitar melody, which has this this blues kind of vibe, but it's also trapped up, and it's like it has those banging eight oh eight. So it's like. I think Sahara Prince is one of the dopest artists out. I'm gonna be completely honest. Like he is really fucking dope, and I think that, you know, if if anyone is a if you're a Travis Scott fan and you feel like, you know, uh, super like it's kind of like finding out Santa Claus is a real. If you're a Travis Scott fan and you thought he was writing everything and you just didn't look through the credits and you didn't care, but you thought he was writing everything and you were so invested, listen. Like, like a lot of artists that we love, like Kid Cudi, like any so many are they work with writers. But it the the reason is I don't trip on them so much is because versus like for instance Nas, Nas like it's uh, been alleged allegedly that Nas had ghostwriters for the Untitled album, and that those ghostwriters were Stickman from Dead Prez and Jay Electronica. Now there's a great video with Dead End Hip Hop you can go check out where they they break this stuff down a little bit, but with um Jay Electronica you you listen. You, with Jay Electronica and Stickman, you listen to the record. If you listen to, to Jay Elect, Jay Elect and in Dead Prez, you can you can see the argument for them writing for Nas, you know, and, and it's it's incredible. Like I because listen, Nas is an amazing rapper, amazing MC, amazing writer. King's Disease, like I I thought the project was pretty solid. Like I didn't I didn't fall in love with it. Actually, you know this is this is crazy. I didn't give Nasir. That much love, but I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I walked away. I think I like Nasir a lot more, and it's not because of King's Disease. This was I actually re-listened to Nasir a few months ago, and I was like, you know what? I think I was a little bit like too dismissive because I think maybe I felt like I wanted something different from Nas. But um, with the King's Disease project, my God, I do think that like Hit Boy assisted incredibly well with that production. But um, Nas Nas did well. There were some things I, I thought was on it, like the Doja Cat stuff, like. I feel like Doja Cat has her issues, but I don't know. I don't think she's like against black people. I really don't think she's anti-black. I don't think Doja Cat is. Um, <laughs> you know, but um, I, I just think they think the, the poor girl has some issues. You know, she has to deal with. But um, you know, in the case of, uh, in the case of Nas though, it really does feel like oh no, like Batman had his mask ripped off. Like it's oh shit, you're not the guy like that we thought you were. You know, and like that, I think that's a scary thing. Like when you think about like Nas having ghostwriters, that's what's scary. It's we're you're not as great as we thought you were, and but also it's it's tough though because you know fans can put a lot of expectation on an artist. You know, and with Illmatic, what Nas did with Illmatic, I think that album, you know, like it was so good, it almost felt like it could, it could hold him back to a degree. You know, because he had certain albums that were hit or miss. Like, for instance, I love It Was Written. I actually, I used to say I liked It Was Written more than Illmatic. I take that back. I like Illmatic more. It Was Written is good, but it, I don't think it's, it, it just feels like, like certain songs just didn't hold up as much for me. And then I Am, I like that album. I, I like, I thought it was solid. Nostradamus, eh, you know, I mean, there were some all right records, but you, you keep going through the discography it it does make a lot of sense like because 
listening to every Nas album, I pretty much listen to every Nas album. When it, when I get to like the Untitled album, it does seem like there was something different. Like there was a revival in Nas. You know, the writing it felt so much better. And I, and Untitled is one of my favorite Nas albums to this day. It's very good. You should go check it out. But um, Ghostwriting is a weird thing. And like and then you have the famous you know the infamous incident. Uh, with Drake and Quentin Miller and Meek Mill exposing it. This and that. okay, all right. Drake having writers, I don't trip on it because I'm like, you know, it is what it is. I like, I, I actually was a fan, bigger fan of Drake when I was younger. I still fuck with some of his music, but I wasn't tripping too much on him using writers. I'm more so like tripping like they, he was like kind of like stealing shit. I was more so tripping on that. Like it, it's just people really pick and choose like what what to get mad about in the hip hop world. But um, ghostwriting it really depends. Like it just it just really depends. Like for me in my book, like if I heard Sai Hi had a ghostwriter, I would cry because I'm like, okay, like this is tough. Like who's who's really behind these records? Like if Elzai had a ghostwriter, I'd be like, whoa, okay, because like what Elzai does, like to me, I think Elzai is one of the most talented dudes. Like Quelly Chris, Kr, there are so many dope dudes who have like a good pen game. Like Kr has been writing songs for the industry for a minute. So like, you know, there are so many people like, people don't even know like this industry, like how crooked it is in the sense of like what they do. They will reap through and are, oh, you, this is for your project, your little independent project. We just signed you. I know you're supposed to be a prospect, but blah, blah, blah. Well, this bigger artist needs this record and we're taking it. Sorry. That's what it comes down to. And that's the business for you. Like that's how cold and cutthroat this shit is where like, you know, you really have to protect your shit and, like, mind your P's and Q's. So, it, ghostwriting, it really, like, it depends, like, if it's ethical. And it, it's that high even ghostwriting because he was credited. So, he was just writing for an artist. But hip-hop, it's a little bit different. Because somebody can't claim they're the best MC. Like, if Eminem came out and he had ghostwriters, I'm sorry, it's way different. Because, like, it's just, it's a different thing. You know, like, but, I mean, for hooks, that's different. Actually, because it's like if he's he has he likes to have a lot of pop singers on his hooks and shit. So if Eminem has pop singers on his hooks, like okay, he doesn't have to write that shit. But um, with with his verses, if you learn Eminem wasn't writing every single verse, that would be like oh, okay, wow, wow. If Jay Z didn't put together every verse, wouldn't that be some shit? What if you heard? What if you learned that Reasonable Doubt was written by Jay Electronica? Wouldn't that fuck your head up? Like there, so it's. It really is like a tough thing. It really is a tough thing to wrap our heads around, you know. But what is the difference between ghostwriting and writing? And what is ethical and unethical? I think sometimes ghostwriting is unethical in the sense of there's an interview with KR on Black on um, on Blackie Speaks. Shout out to Blackie Speaks, where he um talks to KR and KR breaks down how labels will go through studios and make these young artists work, work, work. And then they'll go through and be like, mm, like almost like a shopping cart and say, I like this beat, mm, I like this this flow, I like this, this, that, I like this, this scene right here. They go and take that and then they take that to ABC, name the big artist, and then they pick they, they pick what they like. And this is the cold hard like truth. That's like the cold hard truth about this shit. And like you walk away with it with a little bit of a sour sour grapes, right? It's hard not to have sour grapes because if you're a true fan of this shit, you're a real, real fan, it, it's hurt. It, it, it is hurtful. It's disheartening. But you really have to just know the game and pick and choose, like, like what, like, am I going to really put my energy on? 
like with this ghostwriting shit with Saha and Travis, like, yo, they collaborated. They're friends. Like they know each other. Like Saha and Travis know each other. They've been working with each other for years. So I think with them, there's this understanding that what Travis is doing is different. Travis is doing arenas. He, he's making these big, almost like these big records that are meant to be performed on a big main stage. And I think that's what Travis is thinking. So when he did Sicko Mode, I don't think Travis was thinking, yo, I'm going to show everybody the best MC inside of me. I'm going to show everybody I'm that MC. Even though he got some bars off, I'm just saying Sci-Hi came in because, like, Sci-Hi has a special ability, and he's a good writer. And he got credited. And, you know, I'm happy Sci-Hi, uh, Sidel Young got credited because Sci-Hi is dope. Sci-Hi is fucking dope. And it's like, it's crazy to me that his, his name is in the conversation more as far as, like, top lyricists. As far as like top lyrics, you know, it's crazy Prodigy is in the conversation more. It's crazy Aesop Rock isn't in that conversation. We need to talk about like certain artists like, yo, they got to be in this best lyricist conversation. Like who is the, because I get tripped up on lyrics. I, I really love hip hop for the lyrics, you know, and uh, like, like for instance, when I listen to GED by Loot, I really admire that dude's writing. I think that dude is great writing. When I hear like the intricacies and what he's writing, I really think it's dope. Because like, I don't think uh, people who don't make music or don't, especially like rap or write their own raps, they don't know how difficult it is sometimes. Like or just like how sometimes it can be easy, how that shit can just flow out your head and it can like be beautiful. But there are like a lot of really amazing artists, JID. Like there are a lot of amazing lyricists, you know that I, I we have to give credit, you know. So with this ghostwriting stuff. It really just depends on how you look at it. You have to get a full grasp on this subject to understand it. You know, is ghostwriting ethical in some areas? Like for instance, Sky Zoo and uh, who is it? Smoke Dizza. Like Sky Zoo and Smoke Dizza, they did an interview where they talked about ghostwriting. Sky Zoo, what he does is very special. I could see him, you know, going behind the scenes, writing for some people, taking a check. And but I, I think w with how he moves. I know Sky Zoo is smart. I know Dizza is smart. Like, they know how to do their business. And then you also have, um, you know, basically, you, you, with, with, with writing, you have, like, the actual writing aspect, like, where you get credited. I think that's better because I think that there is um, a great, that's a great way to build your portfolio. And now Sci-Hi Sci could go write for Adele. Sci-Hi could go write for X, Y, and Z. You know, who Lord knows, like, the shit he, he's capable of writing for. So, I don't know. I think I think at the end of the day, what we have to take away is this. Like, when it comes to talent, you know, people deserve their credit. Credit where it's all due. You know, and here's how I feel. Ghostwriting will only be a problem for me. Is if somebody, if there is a rapper who is claiming that they are the best lyricist or they are the best rapper. If they are claiming that they are the best with their words, they need to be challenged. That's all I'm saying. If you're a, you are the best, you have to be challenged one way or not, like lyrically, like whether through it's like battling, freestyling, like you need to like be challenged. That's hip hop. That that is hip hop. Hip hop is being challenged, and um, when you lose the challenge, you lose the hunger, and I think that is like one of the realest things that you need to take away. <sighs> but at the end of the day, what do you think? What do you think about ghostwriting? This isn't all about me. I want to hear what the people think. I'm back, motherfuckers. I'm back. I'm, I'm a lot more hungry. Um, I'm 
you know, I'm going to be taking breaks definitely throughout, you know, this podcast. Yeah, I might take time off here and there, but I'm going to be more consistent. I recently struck a deal uh, to get my podcast on more platforms. It's a... not really a deal. It's free. Um, it's just it's just basically me getting more exposure, and there isn't really going to be any ad. There isn't any ads ad revenue, but this is just a way to get the podcast out to more people. And it's so it's on online radio. It's going to be on more online radio platforms, which is good. So it, it's not going to be like oh I'm gonna go streaming off this this and that, which you can, but. Let's say somebody is tuning into an online radio station, you'll probably be able to hear this podcast. So, it really is interesting. Like, I, like with this ghostwriting shit, I really wanna, I, I really want to, to know like, what do you think? Like, hit me up. Like, comment, and comment uh, on Instagram. I got, I'm, I'm gonna get my group chat going again for the podcast. So, um, yeah, what do you think? And and. What is it like to you? Like, who is one artist that you feel like if you heard that they had a ghostwriter, it would break your heart? Because I already know a few. It would really break my heart. But um, I'll save that for another day. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. This is the Chase Talks Hip Hop Podcast. I'm out. Peace.